0: Hey there, folks. Welcome back. My name's Dave. And I'm Matt. And we are... Root Beer Radio. That is right. And today's episode with Jess Edberg from the Dorothy Moulter Museum, Uh uh, a.k.a. the Root Beer Lady. Not Jess, but Dorothy Moulter. Today's episode is brought to you by Soda Pop Bros., Are you looking for a unique and hard to find soda pop how about a canadian branded root beer well (laughs) soda pop bros is your go-to source for all of those products as well as their own line of beverages to tickle your fancy that's right they offer shipping around the globe with attention to safe and secure packaging provided by whale pod shippers at a generous canadian dollar rates let your american dollar stretch a little further and order online at www.sodapopbros.com,
1: And enter code Radio to receive a free Soda Pot Bros bottle opener when you spend $25 or more. Or if you happen to be in the Windsor, Ontario, Canada area, in the future they would love to have you stop by and check out their store at 1009 Lard Road in the heart of Ford City, Windsor, Ontario. That's right. And... If you didn't know this already, you'll hear it in the episode that, that
0: you're about to listen to, um, but Soda Pop Rose is a distributor of Dorothy Moulter's Isle of Pines Rip beer. Yeah. Oh. So we have, like I said at the be- you know, minute ago, Jess Edberg, who's the executive director from the Dorothy Moulter Museum, with us today.
1: Yeah. We had a great time chatting with her, and we hope you enjoy the episode.
0: Yes. You know, we're going to probably be chatting with her again in the future, so. Mm-hmm. Enjoy one of many future episodes with Jess. Perfect. Going live on Facebook.
1: I'm going to try and, and pull up the live stream there, too. Yeah, me, too. Just we so I can are, see comments coming in.
0: We should be live. There we are. Yeah, we're live. Look at us. Look at us.
2: All Here right. we are.
0: Here we are. Uh, yeah, we pull it up so we can see the, the co- comments and questions and see who's watching. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. My name's Dave. And I'm Matt. And we are... Rook Beer Radio. That is right. And folks, tonight, we today, whenever you're listening, it doesn't matter, we have a very special guest from the Dorothy Molter Museum, Jess... Edberg, is that how you say it? Edberg? Yeah. Okay. Right on. Oh, man. Oof-da. I was sweating over here. <laughs> you can see. Oh my gosh. It's oh, a, it's and a pretty,
2: pretty good old Minnesotan Scandinavian name.
0: Yeah. It is. <laughs> it's solid. I like it. Well, yeah. Jess, man. So you are the executive director from the Dorothy Moulton Museum. That's correct, right?
2: Yep.
0: What does that mean?
2: uh really it's a title i mean there's there's myself Mm -hmm. i have a wholesale manager and then i have a part-time finance manager and we are the three year-round staff okay so out of the three of us we all pretty much do a lot of different things so Mm -hmm. the title really doesn't mean much i mean it it does because i'm responsible for a lot of stuff but i mean in the grand scheme of things it's we're a pretty small organization and mm-hmm. it's kind of historic house based and so we all kind of do a lot of the same work. Okay. But I do more pencil pushing.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the that's fine. That's a dream,
1: right? I like pushing <laughs> right. pencils. Matt, right? Yeah, that's what I do all day every day. See, so. <laughs> yeah, you push ten ninety nines. Yep. <laughs> well, we're done with those
0: now. So. Oh thank goodness. So how did you get involved with the museum?
2: Well, it's kind of a roundabout story, but the the short version is that a good friend of mine was the executive director at the time. And they had a, a position, a newly created position um, for visitor services manager. And I was at a place where I wanted to change what I was doing um, and where I was doing that. And so I applied and I got hired and so I moved down the street to a different job.
0: That's sweet. Ely's
2: not that big, so it's a no. short distance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are you from Ely?
2: No. Okay. I mean, I've lived here for about 20 years, but I was yeah. not born in Ely. Okay. All and right. to okay. some people that distinction is has value, yeah. um, but it depends on who you ask.
1: Right.
0: Mm-hmm one of us or yeah man <laughs> well 20 years I think you've paid your dues right
2: I feel like I have there's yeah. always things you learn
0: that's right oh yeah <laughs> Gosh. so the Dorothy Moulter Museum who some of our our listeners don't know who Dorothy Moulter is
2: you know that honestly doesn't surprise me there so, are um, you know it's a really Obscure museum. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you're really familiar with the history of the Boundary Waters, you probably yeah. have no idea. Um, and if you came to the Boundary Waters anytime, you know, from the 40s to the mid 80s, unless you went in Knife Lake, you probably didn't know she even existed. And so Dorothy lived on a set of islands in the middle of Knife Lake, which is one of the border lakes in the Boundary Waters. And Mm -hmm. people that come to the museum for the, mostly because of the root beer, um, I've often heard them say, you know, I didn't even know that Dorothy was her name. I only ever knew her as the root beer lady. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So she, she, how long did she live on Knife Lake?
2: So she came up to Ely as a tourist, like a lot of folks, um do and it was on a family fishing trip in 1930. She was on a break from nursing school and had an opportunity to head up with her father and stepmom. Came up and absolutely loved it and so for the first probably decade she was coming up just seasonally and for a lot of that coming up with her family and then staying on longer and kind of working at the resort and then eventually she started living up in the area year round. And she rented a room in Winton, which is just a a couple miles down the road from Ely. Um, And fun fact, maybe you care or not, but Winton was kind of the big boom town historically up here because that's where the lumber mill was. And that's where all the logs um, got floated to. But then, you know, as, as the timber industry changed and iron mining, Kind of grew up. Then Ely became the big town, and people literally picked up their houses and moved to Ely. So <laughs> she had rented a room in Winton, <laughs> and and then in the in the forties, uh, the original resort owner was um, his health started to decline. His name was Bill Berglund. He had built this resort from the ground up um, in the mid twenties when resort industries were kind of. Um, blossoming everywhere up here. The Boundary Waters as we know it now was kind of like a wilderness playground with resorts and and shacks and you know land privately owned all over the place so Bill got in on that. In the 40s his health started to really decline and Dorothy had been working for him already and he offered her um, a business arrangement where if she were to stay year-round and provide nursing care for him, but Mm -hmm. also manage the property, he would then pass it on to her when he died. And so when he passed away in 48, um, his family deeded her the property. And so she took over, she was the sole owner proprietor of this wilderness fishing resort as an educated unmarried woman of the age of 41 in 1948. Um, yeah. and so she stayed there negotiated her tenancy with um after the Wilderness Act of 64 and then died there in 1986
0: wow so <laughs> that's the cool. lady i yeah,
2: yeah. I, you know,
0: I i guess i didn't realize that it was like kind of a recre like i mean recreation area obviously um but like that there were resorts and stuff
2: yeah there's there's a whole history of the you know development of the land that we now call the boundary waters that was Mm -hmm. decades long and dorothy especially for folks up here in this area um, and people that grew up here dorothy kind of represented that change um at a at a human level and so um you know it was an extremely controversial change Mm -hmm. because you went from having all of these independent, mostly family-run businesses within what was then called the roadless area, because there were no roads, Right. <laughs> clever. Um, but you know, then the, the federal government, the same government systems that had promoted resort businesses and subsidized these re- resort businesses, 20 years later was now approaching these same people saying, you know what, we, we wanna buy your land And so this is the amount of money we'll give you. And it didn't really go over well. And granted Mm -hmm. back in the forties, you know, the the method of the approach probably wasn't as refined as maybe they do today. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of of animosity and um, it was a really hotly debated topic. Um, And it really Mm -hmm. affected a lot of people that lived up here. So there's, there's a lot of backstory to how the Boundary Waters came to be. And hmm. it wow. it's part of Dorothy's story, so that's, we have a whole exhibit just about the history of the Boundary Waters.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Man. Mm-hmm. So why is she called the Rip lady?
2: So some history of the area. Um, when all of those, those resorts were going on, the best way for the resort owners to get their supplies to operate normally were using float planes. And mm-hmm. so the float plane, nice mug, by the way.
1: Uh, thank the you very much. The float
2: plane. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah.
1: Look at that. And Might as well crack it open right now.
2: Right. Filled with some
0: Isle of root beer, baby.
1: Look at that. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for
0: sending Perfect. that.
2: <laughs> yeah. So the uh, float plane industry, um, a lot of the pilots were in um, previous wars and they flew okay. planes in the wars. And so they kind of translated that experience into a business here in Ely um, and elsewhere too. But um, because that that roadless area was, I mean, it was mostly lakes. You mm-hmm. know, right. there, there is one hiking trail that goes across the entire length from Ely over to the Gunflint Trail, but otherwise it's just short little trails, the portages between right. the lakes and, and bodies of water. And so flow planes, were the most practical way to haul in, you know, your, your dry goods, your powdered milk and sugar and flour and salt, and then all of the fuel for your fishing boats and, you know, laundry detergent, all that kind of stuff. Um, well, it also provided a lot of access for fishing and that was really hard to regulate. And so, um, some concerned residents, um, Kind of started looking more closely at that practice and developed a a concern for the fisheries population that there was too much take of, say, mature reproducing um, fish to be able to to reproduce and create more population to maintain the fisheries at the rate that they were being fished. And so um, this movement gained a lot of traction here in Minnesota and actually went to Congress and ended up making its way to the, the Oval Office to President Truman. And Truman agreed that this was something they should do something about. And so he signed an executive order banning all flights below 4,000 feet over the Rollis area. Right. So to make right. a long story even longer, <laughs> Dorothy was one <laughs> of those resort owners and When the the ban happened, um, some of the pilots were like, "Whatever, you know, who's gonna stop us?" So they kept flying um, until 1952. One of them got caught and his plane was confiscated, and that kind of, you know, put the fear, you know, what in everybody else. And so that ended the flying. And Dorothy, being a very practical person, decided that she wasn't about to haul pop. Across portages Mm, in wooden crates and glass bottles, um, because the nearest road was about 15 miles away. So it would be 15 miles of of boating and carrying heavy stuff. And when you're the one doing it, or you Mm -hmm. have you know your relatives helping you, it's not a priority. So. Right living on an island, you know, what do you do with things you don't need? You stack them somewhere where you can't see them. So (laughs) she had tons and tons of these wooden crates with empty glass bottles in them stacked out likely by a shed. Mm -hmm. And in the early fifties, she got this idea that she had all these bottles and there's a lot of really easy ways to make root beer from, you know, at home. Mm -hmm. She decided to start making root beer and that way she could have a, you know, a beverage for her guests that were staying in the cabins. It was, you know, very little work. She already had most of the supplies. She could get the ingredients at the grocery store, and started making root beer. And the fact that she had um, taken over the resort business in the late '40s, you know, as a single, educated, un, you know, this woman from Chicago, actually. Um, that had garnered a lot of interest from journalists around the country, and the more journalists wrote about her, the more other journalists wanted to come and and get this really cool story. And so she yeah. was already pretty popular as far as like this crazy story. Who would ever hear of this happening? Right. This mm-hmm. woman, <laughs> and uh, and then you had root beer on top of it. So it kind of so just that's kept a good story. snowballing. Yeah. 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 It sold a lot of papers and magazines (laughs) So (laughs) just grew in popularity. And Hmm. before, you know, she knew it, the root beer lady name happened. We don't know exactly who coined it or if it happened, you know, one time and then grew or it just kind of happened all over the place and it stuck. Um, but that's kind of how she became the root beer lady. And, By the end of, um, the last probably 10, 12, 12 years of her life, her ne- great nephew estimates that they were brewing the equivalent of 11 to 12,000 bottles of root beer every summer.
1: <laughs>
0: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah. Uh, I do have a question, uh, since I'm the, wow. the brewer in the group, uh, do you know if she ever like used natural ingredients in the root beer or was it like, like extract stuff or.
2: Yeah, it, it was all practical ingredients. Okay. So, you know, up in the boundary waters, it's mm-hmm. really hard to harvest the natural roots, but, um, she just came into town. Um, she had accounts at both grocery stores and you know, you, pick up your root beer extract, um, sugar and yeast. We used to have an A&W root beer here in Ely,
1: mm-hmm,
2: uh, mm-hmm. A, a restaurant, and she would buy the syrup from them in the gallon. Okay. So for a while um, and in her recipe, the recipe we have now was the last recipe that she was consistently using, but mm. there wasn't a specific extract brand. You know, she used Hires a lot because it mm-hmm. was very, popular but she also used you know mccormick or whatever was available at the grocery store at that particular time sure. she came in shopping
1: yeah yeah wow yeah wow. Uh, i think uh, dave alluded to it earlier before we jumped on uh, yeah. the live stream here but we uh we are planning a couple of trips into the boundary waters uh this summer yeah with our new canoe is t-
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Hi. Uh, and one of the one of those trips we are hoping to do earlier in the spring, uh mm-hmm. spring summer. Spring in northern Minnesota is practically June. Um but we're planning to go a little early and I've been reading up on it and we're looking to try and brew a root beer using some of the stuff that we can actually get in the boundary waters. So things yeah. like birch uh, birch bark yeah. or birch tips. Uh, we can Spruce get winter tips. green. Spruce tips, that yep. and there's a few other things that kind of uh, grow up around uh, kind of that area, so I was I was kind of curious if she was you know gathering anything like that, but it's hard to do that consistently because like wintergreen right. leaves, they're only really good for it early on. Um, as the season goes on, they get kind of bitter and stiff. But um, yeah, it's uh, that, that's kind of fascinating. Like I can't imagine hauling full bottles of anything over a portage right. like. <laughs> Uh,
2: Yeah. Yeah. And and she was just all, you know, I I don't mean to sound she was all business, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it was a it was a means to an end to have something for her her -hmm. resort guests Mm -hmm. rather than like a labor of love. You know, it eventually became a labor of love because there was it was kind of this tradition and process and and her family members kind of talk about that as being um, part of their fond memories of her. Mm-hmm. But when you're making the amount of her beer that she made and for the quantity of people on a daily basis, um, she probably, even if she wanted to, would not have time to be able to do that. Um, in right. peak summer months of July and August, um, it's estimated that she might have one to 200 people a day stopping oh. by. Gee, yeah. that's a lot <laughs> of people. It is. It is. And she had... She had, you know, set boundaries, she had rules, um, especially in those busy times, you mm-hmm. know, only one person from a group could come up and get the root beer and right. you could only spend five minutes that way, you know, she wasn't inundated with people all the day, right. time all day kind of a Man. thing. But yeah, she was a very, very busy person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> I believe that running a resort. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> my. I can't imagine that many people coming through the Boundary Waters, like, and in one day. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well
2: Well, the other thing about Knife Lake is that it's it's a border route, and so there's a lot of um, traffic through that lake because it's you have to go through it to get to certain other lakes. Mm, sure. um, so it's not necessarily a destination lake for a lot of the the travelers, but you know, uh, a lot of the folks that stopped. They would stop on their way out and it was like okay. the special treat that they would, you know, mentally prepare for for the whole trip.
1: Right. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Amen. <laughs> That's what we were working towards too when we were up in the Boundary Waters last year. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: yeah. Yep. The hamburger when you get out or the cold brew.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember all oh, so, that pizza. Um, Yeah. Yep. So did they like drink the root beer and then give the bottles back right away? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yep. so a lot of times they would bring the root beer down to the canoes and they would enjoy them there and then leave the bottles. And Dorothy, even though she never married and never had children of her own, um, she had five brothers and sisters and um, most of them married and had their own families. And so when those children became of an age where they could travel without parents, Mm -hmm. a lot of times they would go up and spend, you know, two weeks with Dorothy. Um, yeah. And so the the nieces and nephews became summer helpers. And so she had helpers around that would collect the bottles or help her make the root beer, you know, do mm-hmm. all the tasks that needed to be done at the yeah. resort.
0: Yeah. I can't, we have some helpers in our family too, someday. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Matt and I like are brothers like in law. Yeah, right. Yeah. Did you know that Matt and I are brothers in law? <laughs>
2: I did not. He's
0: married no. to my twin sister. I let him marry my twin sister.
2: That was so <laughs> nice of you.
0: And I know, I know that. Um, and we have a, <laughs> we have a mutual friend, which is crazy that we went to. We went to high school with both Matt, Matt and I. I'm I'm mm-hmm. motioning to, like towards him, even though we're not even in the same city. <laughs> yep. Like, <laughs> uh, it yeah. looks real. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're in between us. By aren't the you? way,
2: did Rhett make it to this?
0: I don't know if Rhett made it. Rhett, Rhett are you watching? <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, I was going to one...
2: comment on his post, and I, I'm i not part of the group, so I couldn't. But I read it, and I was like, ouch. That's pretty.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: I'm
2: <laughs> pretty pointed.
0: When I saw your comment on our Instagram page, I, tears. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> it was so good. Just <laughs> check that out if you can. If you're <laughs>
2: no um, offense Rhett I just that <laughs> found great humor in that yes
0: yes yep. yes it was I did too I was like wait a minute what, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, we'll explain later if you uh care to yeah. be explained to uh
1: we um, have a, a question from Mike uh where is Dorothy's root beer made today good question
2: oh excellent question um and I don't I didn't plan that question by the way I do have some plants out there in the audience but Sweet. I didn't I didn't coach them. Um, <laughs> So we have been working with a craft brewer called Gray's Brewing in Janesville, Wisconsin.
0: They make. Um, we've been working with yeah. them
2: for over ten years now. Wow! Um, have you tried their root beer?
0: Sure, have.
1: I have. Yeah. Not.
2: They um they, the partnership is is amazing for us. We are so grateful that they're willing to work with us because we don't brew a lot, and, in the grand scheme of things. Um, and because Dorothy's root beer was in glass bottles, part of our, you know, philosophy in having Dorothy's Isle of Pines root beer is to have it as, you know, authentically as we can, even though we don't use yeast to make it, um, -hmm. so that we can have a very shelf stable product, um, Mm -hmm. for our needs. Um, but we really wanted to keep it in glass bottles. Yeah. And so, because Grays has their own bottling facility right there, we can store um, you know labeling inventory and, and cartons and all of mm-hmm. that and um, it's been an amazing relationship and and we're really thankful for that
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah they they have a lo- a large line of sodas, right a bunch of different flavors. I see them in my local I.
2: In there, we keep talking about doing a road trip down there so we can check it out and watch the root beer being made. And yeah. it's like every year something happens and we can't plan for that. And then, right. you know, of course, the pandemic we yeah. don't need to get into why, but yeah, so that
0: <laughs> we were going to try to come up to the museum last summer, yeah, before that, but well, we were going to meet up before, but the pandemic,
1: That's yeah, what happens. It's, it's mm-hmm. uh, and it's hit a few plans.
0: Yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> and Janesville is like a million miles away. Yeah. It's right by the border of Illinois.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. You know, I've been down that way once, and yeah. it was a, a long day just to get to that part of the, mm-hmm. the world.
0: Well, just to get down to like Minneapolis area from Ely is a long day.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have um, family down there and I have, you know, we did some driveway meetups and I would leave at, you know, 630 in the morning, drive down, visit several different houses and then drive back to Ely Mm -hmm. that night. And it's a really, really long day. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We we've both driven long distances many times. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Get it um let's it's, see
2: it's a lot more fun when you're going like if you guys are driving up to ely mm-hmm. you, know, you have the excitement and, right. and yeah. the anticipation of a trip or doing something fun and exciting and then it's the drive home that feels like it's an eternity
1: right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah we have a question from uh from john uh can we get dorothy's just about anywhere or is there specific uh, uh grocery stores or uh retailers that typically carry it I know I got mine from the Blue Sun Soda Shop, so. Same.
2: I was gonna say, I think you guys, um, that Blue Sun Soda Shop, We honestly, we have a hard time knowing where the root beer is sometimes because Mm. um, aside from stores like soda shops that Mm -hmm. consistently sell craft root beer or craft beverages, um, it's a seasonal beverage. And so um, it might be in you know, like the the county market in Aiken in the summer, but then Mm. once the kind of tourist season dies down, then they don't carry it anymore, Um, and then they wait. Um, In the past, hy V has started to sell it down in some of the Metro stores. Um, Lund's Byerly's Mm -hmm. has sold it. Um, Again, it's kind of a seasonal thing. And so we work with um, Capital Beverage, It's one of the larger distributors Mm -hmm. down in that area. Um, and you know, we're competing with a lot of other larger businesses. And so, um, I don't, you know, we had at one point it was in 63 different businesses in the twin cities, metro area. Um, but that Mm -hmm. included both, um, stores as well as restaurants okay um okay. and then we also distribute in the brainerd lakes area and mm-hmm. kind of up central minnesota um to I falls um, we also have a, a new distributor in the duluth north shore kind of northeastern minnesota area and um, northwest wisconsin Sometimes it kind of shows up in places we don't expect like oh, there's a couple places over in fargo that we didn't know about until they sure Um, there were a couple places in Wisconsin Mm -hmm. Um, there was a store um, out in Sandpoint Idaho the root beer store out there Um, they bought a pallet from us a couple years ago so um, you know I kind of looked on their website here and there to see but so it it pops up
0: yeah they um, yeah that store went through a couple a change of ownership Mm -hmm. from father to son recently yeah, yeah.
2: The,
0: the father still owns the, um, still okay. owns the, the website portion of it, and then the son owns the yes. store <laughs> itself, so, just uh, for your FYI. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I, uh, so whenever, I'm, I'm a musician, so whenever I play gigs up in the, yeah. in the northern part of the state, up in uh, Two Harbors, Duluth area, yeah. I often will find myself.
2: With yeah, the Ripier. root beer it, It's hand. one of the that's, that's um, you find
0: it everywhere. Benefits. It's awesome. Yeah.
2: Of it having Dorothy's name. Um. Honestly, the root beer is, is what keeps the museum open. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, visitation to our museum with admissions and then retail purchases yeah, yeah. of gift shop stuff mm-hmm. are are good revenue generator. But the root beer is really what kind of mm-hmm. keeps the lights on. And everything, especially when we're not open to the public, like right now, our water's shut off, and Mm -hmm. because it's you know 32 below. Um, Yeah. And so, right. Dorothy's. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty cold today.
1: Thirty-two. It did get up to like
2: negative eight, I think. (laughs) um, It's so great. During the day, Um, and then the wind chill was only twenty-five below. So it it warmed up a little bit, but. Um. but you know dorothy's story is what sells the root beer you know and and it's good root beer i i like dorothy's root beer over many of the the major commercial Mm -hmm. brands like the bigger ones um yeah and i and we use Mm -hmm. pure sugar in our recipe um we switched to just yeah. using sugar several years ago, um, and
1: mm-hmm. I don't
2: know if you guys done have done a story on the sugar industry, but it is way more complicated than I ever wanted to know about, and is kind of interesting, <laughs> but very volatile. Yeah, um, but really? could be a she's a regional yeah. <laughs> icon, and so you know the whole Arrowhead of Minnesota, it's it's a it makes mm-hmm. sense to have yep. Dorothy's root beer if you're gonna
0: carry, you know, a non big one. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as soon as I got I started getting into root beer, somebody like immediately people were like, Well have you heard of the Rip Beer lady? I was <laughs> like, What are you talking about? And then it was like, Oh my goodness <laughs>
1: That's that's Dorothy.
2: Yeah. I. Uh,
1: on that topic though, uh, I sure you guys do. have a fundraiser going on um, Um, You want to tell us a little bit about that
2: it's you know just like every other (laughs) nonprofit this past 12 months shifting and trying to you know scramble to to do what we usually do but digitally we also have shifted our annual fundraising events online and it was really scary because we kind of Mm -hmm. are a very like we use technology we we like to have up to date things in our exhibits and you know have a nice point of sale but you know the the meat and potatoes of Dorothy Moulter Museum are log cabins that Dorothy lived in off the grid and so having this technology heavy mm-hmm. shift right. was a, was a little disconcerting and so um, right now we are doing an online silent auction which I have seen and I've participated in previous, you know, in the last year, um, but I wasn't sure how it was gonna work for us and for our audience. And it's actually been amazing. Um, the The support that we've gotten from people bidding is blowing my mind. Um, and I, I'm, I feel really humbled by it because, you know, one example is, yeah. we get a lot of gift certificates as donations and you know normally at an in, in-person fundraising event you know once it reaches that retail mm-hmm. value then it, people aren't going to bid on it anymore we have a hundred dollar gift card that's already mm-hmm. it up to a hundred and fifty dollars right. yep. <laughs> and it's like holy cow you know and you know people are doing it because they <laughs> want to support awesome. the museum because they could certainly call yeah. that business and buy a gift card for that value yeah absolutely Um, so the silent auction started on thursday which Mm -hmm. coincided with the ely winter festival which happens every year um this time it's a a 10-day period and so this year it's february 4th to the 14th and um if you want to kind of know what's going on outside of the museum the ely winter festival's facebook page has been posting um, live updates to like the snow sculptures in the park. And we have an art walk going on and kind of highlighting stuff like that. So we always plan our events this time of the year to make it, I mean, I hate the word capitalize, but really to to get bang for our buck, you know? Um, so that fundraiser goes through Mm -hmm. this coming Sunday and we've already added more items because there is a buy now feature and I, kind of priced, you know, things like, well, you know, this $100 item, yeah. I'll put 250 if they want to buy it now. And surprisingly, several items have been purchased already because they really want them. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm, I'm looking awesome. at a few of them. I'm looking at a few of them right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see that there's an Ely bot- Bottling Works crate were these it's the very similar. She actually, she likely uh, used some of those. Kind of stuff um, we don't have
2: any in our collection right now. Um, most of the ones we have are kissed,
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: but it's the same style. So the wooden crate with the metal brackets and then the thick okay. glass bottles.
1: Okay.
2: Basically, exactly what Dorothy used. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. this this auction is is the fundraising part. Of what yeah. we normally do, um, at an in-person dinner, and we usually host a dinner at one of the local mm-hmm. um, hotel slash kind of convention places for mm-hmm. Ely. Um, and because we can't do that, we wanted to have some way that people could connect, other than you know just donating. So we're hosting a free webinar on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And this is also something that we've never done (laughs) so it'll be interesting um i'm mentally preparing right right now for it uh but one of the the really thing cool things (laughs) that i'm excited about is one of our board members has um, contributed some raw super eight footage that he filmed during the January, 1987 Memorial snowmobile drive up to Knife Lake after Dorothy died. And that was a huge deal because snowmobiles had been banned from the Boundary Waters since 1984. And after Dorothy died, this group of people got together and, and approached the forest service said, Hey, we want to have a memorial service at Dorothy's place. Can we have a, a permit A one, you know, one-time permit and they granted permission Mm -hmm. from sunup to sundown to allow for for, you know any kind of um, motorized snowmobile atv wow to go up there so this video um is raw footage Mm -hmm. from that event and then there was another service at one of the local churches that's in this video and we partner with Vermilion Community College's um, environmental interpretation and education program every year to do a community event focused on winter activities so that people can come here to the museum and there's education stations where they learn about different outdoor things you can do in the winter time. Um, from snowmobiling mm-hmm. to ice fishing and snowshoeing and you know, all these things that sure. you can do when it's really cold outside. Well, because obviously we can't do that. Um, their project was to take this video and process it yeah. and produce a shorter version for our webinar. And these students, I went to go see what they would come up with so far last week and sure. they have knocked it out of the park. It's f- phenomenal. I am so excited that it, it's an eight minute video that's awesome and they were so thoughtful and creative with how they produced it and they um part of this project was they came here to the museum um in small groups and i talked with them about who dorothy was and why it's important that they they do this project and the goal is to you know i want them to be able to make a connection with the people in this webinar Um, because it's, I can't do it. I can't make a connection happen. Um, and so this, this part of Dorothy's story is, is a highlight Mm -hmm. of this webinar coming up. Um, that, and of course the drawing for the canoe that we're going to be doing. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) Which is the canoe that we were talking about earlier. Our new, our new canoe, because we did buy a, a load of raffle tickets earlier this
1: this <laughs> when they first were yeah pretty pretty excited to win this canoe i'm just happy to support well, the museum
2: but... sold, uh, i would say um they, that they last count motives. just I about don't... 500 out of the thousand tickets that we print so the odds are oh. in your favor
1: okay okay like those odds we, get, uh, we have 15 tickets okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, uh john Absolutely. did ask if uh so if, we uh, have can just um, make a donation our website is
2: dot yeah. lady.com and in our shop section so our online store we have different categories that you can donate to so um of course we've got like general funds you know or cabin maintenance fund but we also have things like Um, we offer a scholarship for Wilderness First Responders. Um, And so basically any person Mm -hmm. that is seeking to advance their training in um, emergency services or nursing school or going to med school or getting their Wilderness First responder certification, um, they can apply for this scholarship. So we have a fund just for that scholarship. Um, And then for birds, we have a, a little mini pocket park here at the museum where we that's cool. bird feed year round, uh, because Dorothy really loved birds. Um, so they can select, uh, you know, if there's a particular sure. fund that they would like to support.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yes. <clears throat> and that's, that's again, that's uh <laughs>
2: Right. Which we're okay, going to upgrade it, on so. that in the near future, Didn't too. To the, to say, the, the right. Art Unlimited is a company we and work then, with, and they are donating ooh. um 50 percent of well uh, estimated 50 percent of the cost to update our website because um, it's old and the pandemic has caused a lot of changes in how online right. traffic flows and our site is really not adapting Mm -hmm. well. (laughs) So, yeah, so that will look a little bit different in the next few months as well. We're pretty excited about it. That's a big deal.
0: Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of info. There's a ton of info on the website. I love it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. Oh, man.
1: So I'm, I'm... I've been looking at some of the items while we while we were talking here and i think there's a few i'm going to bid on here so
2: yes yeah. So we have links like yeah. and you can,
1: so you can find that on the website mm-hmm. um
0: how when
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. so we no, go ahead. um you do you right now if you go onto the website kind of midway down our home page there is a, a blog feature and the first blog talks about the fundraising events. So there's a link to the webinar if you wanted to attend, there's registration um, and you can register up to about a half an hour before Uh it. So it could be kind of a game time decision. Maybe, you know, Rhett, if you're listening, you know, you have about until a half hour before. Um, We also have a link directly to Uh the auction site and we've used 32auctions.com, which was designed for nonprofit silent auctions online. Um and it's titled Dorothy okay. Moulter Museum. So if you go there um and search Dorothy Moulter Museum directly, that's where auction is at. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the silent auction closes on when Sunday does, night the, at about eleven forty five PM. Um there's a caveat to that. If if somebody bids on an okay. item Within three minutes Valentine's of the auction close, it'll extend it another three minutes, up to a half an hour. <laughs> so, there could be some competitive bidding going on depending on the Whoa.
0: item. Whoa! Okay. <laughs> that's ex- that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to ask about the plus extended bidding is, and that makes sense. Okay. 'Cause I'm looking I'm looking at it now. Yes. You're at And 84. Honestly, I started with a
2: goal of five thousand. And we yeah, this reached is exciting. Yeah, I know. We reached that. Um, I wanna say by Saturday yeah. morning, maybe Saturday night. And so I upped it a little bit because I didn't want, you know.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it made sense
2: to up it and yeah. go with the flow.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So you've had to up the up the goal. It's super exciting. You have had to add items. It's, it's, this is exciting. This is good. For the Better than I could have easy. ever
2: imagined yeah. it to be.
0: Yeah. Mhm. Well, we hope that everyone listening can can help. So, w- just to make a date, yes. we said yes. Sunday, but it's Sunday February 14th. 2021 is the ending because yeah. who knows how long this yep. is going to go, but this happens every year, right? Well, not the, on- we, will the online so at portion, this point the, the I'm, I'm pretty
2: confident that if we can go back to in-person gathering for our event in 2022, that we will imp- implement this system as well, mm-hmm. because it does offer a feature where you can start online and then do in person. Mm. um so have have that mm. because a lot of our membership base um right. mm-hmm. a lot of them aren't in Minnesota and so it allows all of our members um or you know it doesn't mm. obviously sure. limited to members but you know we like to invite our members directly and in this way the invitation actually has some some meat to it you know they they actually can participate in a meaningful way. Um, other than just, you know, maybe yeah. sending a donation, this allows them to kind of be in on the action of the mm-hmm. annual event.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love that technology has changed in a really the world. good
2: way that kind of some, balances out part. some of the not mm-hmm. so good ways. <laughs>
0: Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, Jess, so. can we stop by yes. the museum
1: when we come up there this summer? <laughs> Will you help us? Provided, provided we get all uh, get awesome. our shots and we're everything's okay. I'm halfway yeah. shotted. So, yeah, we're on the way. the The best, uh, the best, uh, best phrase that I've heard for it so far is uh, "you you got your first photo." The good news so. for us is that we don't. Um, <laughs>
2: We were able to be open last summer with significantly reduced, um, you know, numbers Mm -hmm. on site at a given time. So it it really cut back on how many people we could have, but it it also allowed for the opportunity. And so we're we're going with the fact that it'll probably be very similar to last year where, um, you know, you make a reservation online and then you have that hour to go through the cabins. And if you need more time, we can arrange sure. for more time, um, but, you know, we set it up so that you can um, still come. Mm-hmm. There's just different, you know, restrictions over what you can and can't do.
0: Yeah. Sounds That's good. awesome. So come up yeah. there, stay. I don't, I, I don't know what what's going on I we follow this group this page called Ely Log I am, cabin. I'm pretty is sure I you know that one and rental? I know
2: who has it is it There's um a million of
0: them, I'm sure
2: like water access cabins yeah there you go we oh maybe it's different
0: I don't know it's just one single cabin <laughs> that we follow on yeah they're pretty new <laughs> mm-hmm I have no it sounds, idea. Anywho, it sounds
2: very nice. Like I'm just trying to say like things. Some, eh? I would what want else
0: to say <laughs> <laughs> Right. It it looks very nice. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> um. Will you, can we, yeah. we're going to, we have so many questions for you before we embark on our journey in the mm-hmm. Boppy Waters. So we can chat about yeah. that later, but.
2: I do. Um, right, one. Do you have any parting words I, for us? I'm, very grateful for you guys for reaching out way back when and i appreciate you making time to have me on um this is this is really nice and you know we know that there's this whole group of people that a hobby or a passion is finding root beer finding different root beer and learning about root beer and you know we at the museum we focus so much on just dorothy herself and her life and you know, it reminds me that there are these other, you know, facets mm-hmm. of her story that people could be super interested in. And so I, I'm really thankful right. that you guys exist and that you've included me in this conversation today. And I'm really appreciative of the folks that are tuning in because um, I think there might be people that, you know, had never heard of Dorothy Moulter. And yes. now, right. even if it if nothing comes of it, her memory will live yeah. on in in their minds because they know who she is now.
0: Right, mm-hmm. right, yeah. exactly. And there's yeah. a book out there that they can get to read up and learn more about Dorothy. You can, it's if you. you're in the Windsor, Ontario area, yeah. you can get one from Soda Pop.
2: I know at least one did. Who Hear is me? A I have there. One, too.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. That's good. All right. Right. <laughs> uh, wait, yeah. want, what? Jess. This is you commenting oh! on, the, on the Facebook video, right? <laughs> yeah. You. This is you commenting. So, you saw us. That is. On Twin is my Ports spouse tonight? at
2: home <laughs> watching on my Facebook account
0: because they don't have one? <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. Okay.
2: Um, And and a good friend of ours, um, her brother is Nick Sunstall. And uh, yeah, he was that. And Gina's going to kill me because I don't know all the details right now, but it's her brother. He's in Duluth and he produced this show about different things, Minnesota and um, you guys were on it.
1: Mm-hmm. we it was so yeah. much fun <laughs> yeah, that was uh that was our first uh foray into a live well not not probably wasn't our first live event but right. uh it was definitely the first time i've been on live television yeah. and that, that was a very oh interesting gosh. uh an interesting experience especially yeah. when uh the snake came out okay but that was that was not <laughs> acting that was
0: Andrew is, or wait, who had the? He okay, might be who the is producer. Nick?
2: I don't know if he was actually on
0: narrator. the show. Explain. Okay. okay. I'm sure yeah. we met him. No, Andrew Kirov is the host who I mm-hmm. I worked at a camp with him um, during the summers, and so that's how we know each other <laughs> um, and how we got on the show. <laughs> it was. It's so weird and so awesome. I love Twin Ports. Tonight. We have like
2: this web of like seven degrees of separation. Uh, it's so good, like Minnesota style.
0: Yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how it, that's how it is. Oh man, I love it. I'm so hey. If if anybody's listening and hasn't seen the video from Twin Ports tonight, go check it out. Just search Twin Ports tonight, Ripper Radio on YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it was it was a blast. I'm so glad that your spouse and you like saw that. Amazing! Yeah, I and saw that, that comment pop up. Have, I'm like, that's a <laughs> that's so that's obscure because a... nobody knows. Nobody saw that. I I feel like nobody saw that. Well, but like, and you I held mean, that in. You didn't tell us. I that honestly, You didn't if, even tell us. That. I know
2: that I've seen it, but it it was probably after I had maybe a couple beverages, you know, at the end of the day, kind of a thing. So yes, some, some root beers. beers. Let's call them
0: them root beers. Yeah.
2: That was quite a few years ago too. (laughs) And um, yeah, I, it came up today when I was telling Gina that I was going to be doing this and she knew who you guys were right away. She's like, are those the guys from the cities? And I was like, "How? Yeah, you follow them? That? So <laughs> that's so great." Yeah.
0: Oh, Gina, thank you. That's so great. So
2: you're you're known. Yeah. You're known. Yes.
0: What is the B dub? <laughs> what? That's wild. We I did get one like one. I was in a Facebook message from somebody who had watched us on Twin Ports tonight. And reached out to us some older lady I had no idea oh, who that's she was so sweet but she just reached out and said she really appreciated us it was, <laughs> and I okay <laughs> it is so we know three two pe three people have seen that probably yeah, it's great <laughs> oh man well <laughs> ah, that's so great gosh, I'm so happy that that made someone like wow. That's okay. Anyway, so let's okay. <laughs> let's wrap it up. Jess, thank oh, you so much okay. for coming on. Well, honestly,
2: it was thank you. It this, was our this pleasure. Was a really nice yeah. evening. Yeah, I, had a blast. I, I had a yes, fabulous wow. time. And I wasn't super nervous. You guys make me feel really comfortable. So kudos to you guys. Well, for being been great hosts.
1: Oh, good. Well, good.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh, very thank much. you. Um and if you don't know Matt we you <laughs> I made comments but you didn't know this. Jess knows everything there is to know about wolves. So.
1: Oh. Oh okay, perfect. Yeah. Uh if you're <laughs> if you are
0: visiting <laughs> the museum and she's there, ask her about there, wolves.
2: There's also this little All place right. called the oh, International oh, Wolf I'll Center that literally <laughs> is like the place to learn about wolves, but I I know some, maybe not as much as they do, but <laughs> Okay. <laughs> thank you, guys.
0: Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much, Jess. Uh, my name's Dave. Yeah. Oh, anytime. <laughs> We're gonna we'll we'll talk again. We'll maybe when we come up there, oh, we can yeah. go on your on your Insta- Instagram and Facebook lives because you're doing that often.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. And maybe to, right. share a bit more about uh, Dorothy as a person too. Yeah. As we go through the museum. So yes alright All right.
0: well everyone at home thanks for listening um, whether you're mm-hmm. live or listening later uh, don't forget to get on the the website oh my God. okay com. I just needed to make sure I had it right <laughs> follow <laughs> the Dorothy Moulter Museum on Facebook Instagram Twitter just as we do if you have trouble finding them just look at our page at our posts you'll find her um, my name's Dave and I'm Matt and we are
1: root beer radio goodbye two brothers set out
0: on a lifelong quest to brew some root beer and discuss all the controversial topics that plague the root beer community we're talking root beer radio with two guys who love beer.